The Wiser Podcast, conversations, public talks, and audio essays from the Witz Institute for Social and Economic Research. Hello, I'm Cesar Mboff Walsh, and welcome back to The Wiser Podcast. Makosa Zanakaba has published three poetry collections, compiled and edited five anthologies, and is the 2014 co-winner of the Nadine Gordimer Short Story Award for her collection, Running and Other Stories. She's a research associate at Wiser, working towards a book on the columns of Noni Jabavu called A Stranger at Home. I'm by no means the only author who, on being introduced to new acquaintances, is so often asked, how on earth do you find time to write and the inspiration? Aren't you lucky? Believe me, if I had the time, what books I would write? My life is so interesting. Tell me, how did you start? Well, I find that when I'm socializing with fellow authors, most of us just don't know how to answer such triple-barreled questions because the real reply would be, do you read books? Because that's how authors keep their fires burning. But that would be unkind, even rude, to say so. The fact is, all writers are omnivorous readers. What I myself do is to read and reread a few favorite novels and some old and new autobiographies. My favorite old novels are two by Arnold Bennett, his old wife's tale and his clay hanger. Arnold Bennett astounds me by his ability to study with such detail and convey with such sympathy the entire span of the long lives of his characters and in such clear, simple English. An autobiography I loved long before I ever met its author and became one of his friends is the one by Robert Graves called Goodbye to All That. Beautifully written. This podcast is about Helen Nundando Jabavu, one of South Africa's foundational writers in English. She was born in 1919 and died in 2008. I will start with a question that I get asked often. What first drew you to Noni Jabavu? In 2001, I was doing what I love, browsing through books in a second-hand bookstore in Melville, when I saw her first book, Drawn in Color, African Contrasts. I was very surprised to see a book written by a Black South African woman whose name I had never heard because I had been an avid reader since my teenage years. Although I was a little irritated by this, I was also excited by the fact that the book had been published as far back as 1960. That publication date was significant for me because it was an assertion that Black women had been writing for much longer than I was aware of at the time. The second surprise came as I read the book. The detailed conversational style in which this memoir is written made me feel as if I was being shown my parents' lives. Until then, no single book 
had given me that feeling and experience. The third surprise in the following year, 2002, happened as I was just sitting at my desk working. I received an email from Tembega Mbobo, who was the director of an organization called Women in Writing that she ran out of Soweto. In this email addressed to many of us, she wrote, and I quote, Noni Jabavu is returning home soon. I have drafted the attached funding proposal to the Department of Arts and Culture. Please read it and comment. I had just assumed that a writer of a book published in 1960 was already dead. So this email really surprised me. The fourth surprise was also in this email. Tembega pleaded with us. Please help us track down Noni Jababu's relatives so we can inform them about her return. That then was the very first time that I started asking questions about Noni's life. The little bit of research I conducted online and through asking friends, committed readers and scholars yielded very little on her life. Soon, I forgot about it. I also missed the ceremonial welcome event at the O.R. Tambo Airport that Tembera organized for Noni while on transit to East London because I was out of the country. Noni Chabavo returned to South Africa from Zimbabwe on the 5th of May, 2002, accompanied by a Zimbabwean writer, Mobile Virginia Piri, and she became the first resident at the Lynette Elliott Frail Care Home at number 23 Allenby Road in East London, where she lived until her death in June of 2008. Two years after Noni's return in 2004, I was in my first year of the MA in Creative Writing when we were given an assignment to write an essay on A Day in the Life of. Of course, I chose to write about the 5th of May, 2002, the day of Noni's return to South Africa. Research towards this essay led me to write an essay whose narrative arc was question upon question upon question, as there was very little information to find on Noni's life. I called it Noni Chabavu Returns Home, and Tembega Mbobo, Nobile Virginia Piri, and Lynette Elliott were eager interviewees. But they also knew very little about Noni's life. For my research in the following year, I decided I would start work towards a biography on Noni because I could no longer ignore this loud and present absence. I titled my thesis of three biographical chapters, Journeying with Jabavu. Those first five years constitute the first phase of my research towards a biography of Noni Jabavu. I now want to share a summary of Noni's biography in the form of her cultural and literary contributions and give examples of her work. 
Noni, the radio broadcaster. She began her career as a broadcaster with the British Broadcasting Corporation in January of 1942. Founded in 1922, the BBC began a major project in 1941, recruiting women to work on radio as engineers, broadcasters and producers because men were off to war. A new program, Women's Hour, also started in 1942. Noni did not, however, work on a full-time basis at the BBC. She worked on and off from 1942 to 1963. And in those two decades, she worked on a varied range of programs. For instance, in 1950, she was responsible for a music program which was part of the Women's Hour that she called These Women Make Music. Noni had been studying music at a university when World War II broke out, so her choice of program is not surprising. In 1950, she interviewed Cleo Brown, the pianist, Lil Armstrong, a singer and director of her own orchestra, Mary Lou Williams, a composer and arranger, Ethel Waters, a cabaret singer, and Lena Horne, Noni, the author of two memoirs. Noni's first memoir, Drawn in Color, African Contrasts, was published in 1960 by John Murray in London and reprinted a few times in the same year. In 1961, Drawn in Color was translated into Italian and published in Milan. The following year, it was taken up by an American publisher, St. Martin's Press, in New York. In her author's note to Drawn in Color, Noni wrote, I belong to two worlds with two loyalties. South Africa, where I was born, and England, where I was educated. When I received a cable sent by my father from home in South Africa, I flew back there to be amongst my Bantu people, leaving my English husband behind in London. Later that year, he and I went to live in East Africa to be near my only sister who had married out there. I have told here something of my background and circumstances, since this is a personal account of an individual African's experiences and impressions of the differences between East and South Africa in their contact with Westernization. A sequel to Drawn in Color called The Orca People, Scenes from a South African Life, was also published by John Murray in 1963, and it too was reissued in America by St. Martin's Press. It was only in 1982 that the Orca people got a South African edition when it was published by Raven Press. This second book is in three parts that she called Middle Drift, Conference Farm, and Johannesburg. Let me give you a taste of her writing from the last section, Johannesburg, page 186. 
She is relating the story of her visit to Johannesburg from her seat inside the train. Voices around began to rise, swell. Sisutu, Tosa, Sitswana, Zulu, and mostly Afrikaans. The people were becoming excited, the journey almost over. They pointed out landmarks to one another with animation. I felt out of it, not interested. The train drew into Park Station. My heart began to pound. I went into the corridor and leaned out of a window to scan the faces of the crowd on the platforms. Saw skulls, black, white, brown, lifted up, preoccupied. They, in turn, scanning ours as the train passed. I noticed that even Africans were unsmiling. They were not passing the time of the day by joking with those standing next to them as people did at country stations. This was the cold anonymity of the golden city, Egoli, Egauti. I had arrived. The train slowed right down. I became absolutely filled with terror. Then I saw a woman wave to me. <gasps> it was my cousin, Sistandiswa. And I thanked God. Noni, an editor of a literary magazine. In 1961, in London, Noni became the editor of a literary magazine called The New Strand. The original Strand magazine had been founded in 1891 and closed down in 1915. When the resuscitated version, The New Strand, appointed Noni, she became the first woman, the first black person, and the first person who was not British by birth to edit the magazine. She started work in September 1961 and titled her editorials as From the Editor's Desk. Her first editorial in December carried her vision for the magazine. And I quote just one paragraph. My ideal contemporary strand would sizzle with satire, Peter Yustinov, lilt with elliptical political grace, James Cameron. Short stories, in my opinion, are not the weapon to deal with current life. The very idea of a short story nowadays is too leisurely, lethargic, tired. Current times call for the racy, the vivid, the snappy. Short stories are just not with it. They have had their day. Noni wrote five editorials for the New Strand magazine from December 1961 to April 1962. What fascinated me 
the most about her editorials is just how self-reflective and inward-looking they were. Noni was acutely conscious of her role as a responsible editor and what it meant to support the writers who contributed to this magazine. Lastly, Noni, the newspaper columnist. While living in Kenya in 1977, Noni came to South Africa for an extended visit as she was conducting research towards a biography of her father, D.D.T. Jabavu. Donald Woods, the editor of the Daily Dispatch newspaper in, in East London, invited Noni to write weekly columns for the newspaper. These were called Noni on Wednesday. The interview that opens this podcast was conducted by the SABC in 1977. The themes in these columns are travel, music, reading, writing, family, and class. Mm -hmm.